Welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Han, and our mission is to spend 15 minutes each week discussing your eating disorder recovery-related questions. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to the Unrestricted Podcast. Today, I am joined by Carla, who has been sharing her recovery journey online and through sharing her content, uh, I know that she has been really, really helping people and I'm really excited to speak with her today through one of the main uh, features of her content, I would say, um, which she shares and and that is food challenging. Um, In this episode, her and I are going to be talking a little bit about uh, food challenges and discussing the question of their value and about how they can keep recovery exciting maybe or help with kind of the progression of it um so firstly uh, hi carla um welcome to the hi. podcast and thank you very much uh, for joining me um shall we just discuss uh, start by discussing why food challenges have been a, a good part of your recovery a beneficial part quite an open question but yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so I do um, a weekly challenge. So every week I choose a food theme and I eat according to that theme for the whole day. So I basically plan all of my meals and my snacks around that theme. Uh, sometimes the theme itself is the, the thing I find challenging. So the food. So last week I did sandwiches all day. One week I did nut butter in every meal. Um, this week I'm eating processed foods with every meal. Um, and then sometimes just for fun, it's certain foods within the theme. So I might do a whole day of orange food and a whole day of red food and a whole day of blue food. Um, and the reason why I decided to start doing it was that I'd reached the point in my recovery where I was eating three meals and three snacks a day. Um, but it was all the same foods. Mm-hmm. So I would eat the same things for breakfast, the same things for snacks, the same things for lunch and so on. Um, in early recovery, I do think that that's a really important step. Um, and for me, it was vital because it helped me to establish and normalize a regular pattern of eating. Um, but mentally, I knew I wasn't free. Like the need to eat the same thing every day was disordered. It was restrictive. I knew energy content of the foods I was eating because I'd been eating them for years. I knew I was choosing them because they were lower energy. Um, and I also knew that if those foods weren't available to me, so if I was out for food or at a friend's house or stuck on a road trip or when we went through the supermarket shortages, I knew that I wouldn't be comfortable with having to eat other things. So I was like, well, I've established like sort of the physical eating side of recovery that I need to. But now there's so much more mental work to do. And I was like, I don't know how to do it because it was so overwhelming to be like, well, there are so many foods that I do not eat. Where do you start? You know, mm-hmm. like I don't know where to start. And so I thought, well, if I just go with orange foods, <laughs> there are a now limited number of whole new foods that I've never had or think I don't like. And then I can start using that to then extend what I want. So if, for example, it was rice, I could try orange rice and then I would know if I liked it or not. And then maybe next time I'm planning a meal, I would buy rice. Um, So yeah, it basically stemmed from me realizing that I was very stagnant in my recovery. Um, 
And that's not to say that I wasn't doing well, because I think I did an amazing job to be able to establish that three meals and three snacks. But I also knew that I didn't want to live the rest of my life just eating like porridge, yogurt and fruit. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I think um, so, so many people, if not everybody, get to get to the stage in recovery where they are indeed eating. But it is with with just so many conditions uh, around it and still on uh, the eating disorders terms. So I think uh, it's it's really, really amazing that you have have sort of identified that and um, then took those steps to um, almost force in other foods uh, to your agenda and I think that's sometimes almost what we have to be doing in recovery that that element of force so just just as you described with that orange day I'm sure there were some foods which usually uh, you would kind of immediately look past uh, and just having to having to get them in I think is a really really productive way to to face a fear or or just force a change um yeah. I think one of the things that you mentioned that's interesting um is about not being sure whether you like the food uh, that you were going to be trying and I think something that can be really confrontational in recovery is is the idea of almost feeling like you're going to waste a meal opportunity um and I think the the side of the challenging where you are having it and then determining do I like this do I not am I going to keep it as part of my regular routine or do I just say put it down to experience it's maybe not for me I also think that's of of huge value uh yeah I fully agree and that's something that I sort of talk about a little bit is that like I see it or I've come to see it because I've reframed it because I was very much on the wasted food thing every meal that I had to eat had to be like the best meal ever um and then I was like well I can't do this because then what would happen is if I didn't have something that I loved then that would then trigger so many eating disorder thoughts so then when I started these challenges I was able to reframe it as a win-win because either I would try this new food and I would love it. And there have been things that I have discovered as part of this that I now eat all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's one option. Or option two is that I try the new food. I do not like it, but I have still provided my body with energy and nourishment. So that's a win too, because I've nourished myself. I've got energy for the rest of the day. And now I know that I don't actually like that food. So even though it's not the perfect meal, it's still the perfect meal because it's still given me what I need the food to give me. Yeah. Um, what I found as well was so interesting because obviously you don't believe any of this stuff you hear anyone say when you're in the worst of your disorder. <laughs> Very true. When I started, like reaching this conclusion, I'd eat something that I didn't love and I was like, oh, well, that's annoying. But then the more you allow yourself to eat, the more different foods and the more often you allow yourself to eat, those perfect meals don't matter so much because they're not the focal point of your day anymore Mm -hmm. but previously when food was everything you thought about all of the time it makes sense why you were like oh no I can't eat it if it's not perfect whereas now I'm like well I'm gonna eat in two hours so (laughs) well that's fine then I'll just move on um and it was honestly it was it was revolutionary almost I was like wow (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not kind of like a day ruined when just one of your one of your occasions of eating um is is less than perfect because food is just around the corner absolutely um and I think if sorry go on this is what I say every time I'm like wasn't perfect I'm like yes it was perfect because I nourished my body (laughs) absolutely what what an amazing mantra I think um 
one of the one of the funny things that I can reflect on when I was in recovery and kind of in that that quasi stage um, was when I was watching other people doing these challenge challenge style of videos. And for a really long time, that was that was it. I was literally just watching. And I think there were so many roadblock blocks that were in place of me um, getting underway and doing those same style of challenges myself. And I think the the main just large one was that it was out of my comfort zone of my my repetition of foods my very limited repertoire um but I also really really remember how there was this feeling that if I um sort of really really put my head towards one certain thing uh, of challenging then I would kind of be missing my my usual foods I think my my same old foods but actually what happened was when my repertoire expanded I I really didn't miss those same old permutations of things um I still I still had let's say the porridge but I had it in a very much enhanced way uh with all of the add-ins with all of the extras and maybe uh with a more abundant mindset than this kind of ritualistic way of the certain um foods in their certain ways that I had done before yeah, I mean, that's so interesting because that's that's the same for me. I remember swearing blind to my little sister about three years ago, so when I was nowhere near recovery, that I would never eat something other than porridge for breakfast ever because I just didn't want to. And I was like, I won't. It's my favourite thing. I ate it all year round. I ate it on Christmas Day. Like, I did not care. And I was like, I will never be someone who doesn't eat porridge for breakfast. I cannot remember the last time I had porridge for breakfast. <laughs> like, <laughs> I genuinely like now. And it's so strange as well because I used to wake up and I used to be like, I know what I'm having for breakfast. But now I wake up and I go downstairs and I'm like looking in the kitchen and I'm like, oh, do I want wheat flakes or pancakes? Do I want porridge? And it's more like, what do I actually want now? It's not like this is what I'm going to have. But because these challenges gave me all of these other foods that I can now eat, I'm like, it's a choice now but it was never a choice before yeah no definitely it, it is really interesting of that kind of shared experience I had the exact same kind of I, I swore that this was going to be my like one of my favorite foods for the rest of my life and I can't think of the last time that I that I touched it um but yeah it's, it's a really interesting I, do. Wrong. I love porridge sometimes I have it for dinner but like <laughs> it's just like oh no, it's it's it is honestly really strange, but also amazing because like it's variety as well, isn't it? That's such an important thing. And to touch on a topic briefly, but not to go into it deeply, I was like all these digestive issues early in recovery. I was like, oh, they're just not going away. They're never going away. And then as soon as I was eating a much wider variety of foods, <laughs> not that I'm saying, you know, that they're directly surprise, surprise. Yeah, no. it was happening at very similar times. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, definitely a topic um so closely linked to this, and one we could go into for uh, a real, real length of time. But I, I certainly am glad that you bring that up because um the variety of food and the diversity of gut bacteria, etc., is all um intrinsically linked. Um, I think just the kind of like the the last question I suppose from me is. These whole day challenges or ones which um, are larger than maybe just a fear food meal or something, for me, they seem a lot more, um, I suppose, realistic for actually neural rewiring and actually 
um, getting over fears because I remember in my recovery, I would say, okay, I'm going to challenge uh, a fear food. And I would maybe say that that was going out for, I don't know, a brownie in the afternoon when I wasn't in the stage of fully committing that brownie was very much um, sadly compensated for and it was kind of the brownie was the pinnacle of the day but then everything else was maybe um, was maybe compensating towards that and I think it's really interesting in, in what you do with your approach that there doesn't seem to be time off from the challenge if you see what I mean and I think that's that's a really really valuable approach that there's not just this one momentous kind of siphoned in challenge which is worked in um to help the eating disorder as such but it, it seems more like overall if you see what I mean yeah um and that is I, I'm really glad you've like sort of picked up on that because it's very much deliberate um I have had eating disorders for over a decade so I'd tried every form of forcing recovery that I could and you're right when you or like and again it comes back to the fear food thing I say I don't have fear foods because it's not the food that's the problem it's the way that I think about the food mm -hmm. and so I have tried to remove myself entirely from the idea of a fear food challenge and instead it's just an eating disorder challenge because it's challenging the thoughts and I think that when you do one food you're then thinking about it for you know the whole lead up to it and you're thinking, oh, this is really stressful. This is really anxiety inducing. I'm worried about this. And you're right. There's the compensation going on, even if you don't realize. Mm -hmm. But most of the time you do. But then like when you know it's going to be the whole day and there's a whole day of different things that you're going to address. It's like, yeah, that is worrying. But then also you think about it and you think, what is it? It's a whole day of eating food. <laughs> like, that's what it is, right? I would be eating breakfast, lunch, dinner. I would be eating snacks. The only difference is that they're all orange. Or the only difference is that they're all sandwiches. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what difference is that? A sandwich is just food between bread. Um, <laughs> and it's like, I just, it doesn't give me time to hyper-focus on each individual food as a fear. Yeah. because it's the thoughts then it's like what am I thinking about this day of eating oh well I'm thinking what if I don't like some things what if this food is too high energy and then I'm able to be like yes but I want high energy because I want to be a high energy person yes but if I don't like that food it's a win-win situation because I've got energy and I know I don't like it <laughs> and it's more like it doesn't it's not like you are sat at a table looking at one thing on a plate and it's a big scary thing instead you wake up and you're going on a fun little creative journey like it's fun yeah. recovery is awfully difficult it's stressful upsetting difficult painful but it can be fun and I think that that's something that we miss because we think that we almost should be really stressed about food um oh, and that we shouldn't yeah and it shouldn't be like oh yeah well I'm eating these these foods that I have troubling thoughts about and so I should be miserable whereas I'm at the stage where I'm like I've spent 10 years doing that now what I want to do is try something and if I love it I want to love it and I want to say you know what I loved it yeah no that it that is all so true and all of your words I'm nodding at um I'm so I'm so pleased to have been joined by you today I think it's it's that idea um, which maybe is set up um, from from past treatments or, or whatever it may be uh, with with maybe meal plans or something that we've been externally provided. 
it like food itself just kind of gets stripped of in of in all of its enjoyment and and all of its joy and what more it can give you than than kind of just nutrition it can be fun and it can be um all of those things that maybe um you want food to be in the future so i think yeah everything that you've mentioned i'm hugely hugely agree with and, and food can and should be enjoyed and if that can be brought um to your everyday in recovery it absolutely should be um was there anything like as a as a closing message uh, if you were to say to people about food challenging um that that you kind of definitely wanted to get into this episode i know that's a bit of a um, bit of a big <laughs> I question have, you know what? i just have had a thought that i was like oh yeah i need to mention that and that is that when you start doing it with foods that you thought that you liked for years and just weren't allowed what was really interesting to me is that I actually was like, I don't actually like these things that much. So like I spent years, years convinced that I absolutely loved peanut butter and that I just wasn't allowing myself to eat it. And when I did my whole day of eating nut butters, I realized that I like the flavor of peanut butter. I don't like the texture of it. The reason why I thought I loved it for years and years was because I love Reese's peanut butter cups. Now that's a different thing. So I'd spent all of these years watching people eat peanut butter and being jealous and unhappy and having all these eating disorder thoughts about, well, I'm not allowed that and I want it. And then when I actually did allow myself to experiment with it, I was like, yeah, so I wasted all that time being like, oh, I wish I could eat that. Whereas if I just tried to eat it, I would have realized that it wasn't something that I wanted. And that's the thing I think that you don't actually know what you do and don't like to eat outside of what your eating disorder and diet culture tells you. And so when you are stuck in that thought pattern of like, I really want to eat that, but I'm not allowed. But then you do allow yourself to do it. It can honestly be almost destabilizing to be like, oh, hang on a minute. I don't actually love that food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I share that experience too. And it's it's one of those things where you kind of look back and you think, what, why did I waste all of that brain space? But it, it's not something that we can... Um, we can self-criticize for in hindsight we just have to move forward and make sure that we're kind of acting on acting on all of the um current food um destabilizations to be making um yeah. i think just a closing message from me uh, about maybe challenging um and and that just being a bigger concept for me food challenging is so important because it's going to lead to broadening your variety and helping with that neural rewiring side of things I think making sure that it's um, not compensated for is such an integral element here and this whole day um, idea of challenging or even longer is so important because your eating disorder is going to kick up a fuss any level of change that you make if you if you add in a little bit or if you kind of negotiate something in here and there kind of make it worth your change, make it worth the effort that you're putting in. So it kind of actually has a reason to kick up a fuss. Because exactly as Carla said, if you are um, going through the day and there's one peak moment, your eating disorder is probably going to kick up a fuss anyway. Make sure that you're making it worth kicking up that fuss for by actually making change and making progress. And, and soon it can even be very, very enjoyable to be broadening your variety too. 
Yeah, I love that. That's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, um, just to close, I, I do want to reiterate again, thank you so much, Carla, for joining me today. Um, I think this is going to be really, really helpful for lots of people and hopefully inspire many people to do orange days of foods, do sandwiches um, for a day, all of all of those things, just to just to make sure that any any kind of hidden restrictions any rules that someone may have are really directly being addressed and and kind of hit full-on I would say so thank you so much for joining me um and maybe hopefully speak to you again soon no thank you so much for having me um I think what you and Emily do with this podcast is honestly amazing and I would love to do another episode thank you so much okay thank you all for listening bye-bye